the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now that we're children of God, we can't do it anymore. It's just not the same. We can't sin like we used to do. The fact that our relationship to our sin has changed, it proves that we're children of God. Isn't that great? You know, in, in a way, you know, that, man, I can't sin like I used to do. You know you're a child of God when you can no longer sin like you used to. In today's message from Pastor Dan, he teaches you that the moment you receive Jesus as your Savior, His Spirit convicts you and turns you away from sin. Before Christ, you might have loved to party and get drunk. However, after receiving Christ, you no longer have a desire for that lifestyle. Pastor Dan explains that as a child of God, your relationship to sin changes. What used to not bother you will now cause you discomfort. Keep walking faithfully with the Lord. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 3 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So he says here, whoever continues in a life of sin has neither seen him nor known him. Listen, give me your attention for a second. When you know Jesus Christ, when you encounter him, he changes your life. That's just a fact, Jack. He changes your life. Once you know Christ, your life is never the same. Your life is different from that point forward. And John says here, in essence, hey, you say that you know Jesus Christ, but if your life hasn't changed at all, John says, you don't know him. You don't know him. Now, some might argue with John and say, hey, yes, I do know him. Who are you to say I don't know him? And John would say to you, no, you don't know him. Because if you truly knew Jesus Christ, if you truly had a relationship with him, then your life would look a whole lot different than it does. It would be coming more and more like his life. He would become more and more righteous. And there's there's no change that's taken place. John would say, that's that's evidence to me that you don't really know Christ, that it's a false profession. And someone might say, yeah, but I was was at an event one time and this guy preached the gospel and gave an altar call and I went down and I prayed the sinner's prayer and it didn't take, you know. I don't know, you know, I'm not discrediting those kinds of services, but if it's not a genuine confession of faith, if it's not genuine repentance, if you're not truly born of God, it's not real. It doesn't matter. You know, Charles Spurgeon says, the grace that does not change my life will not save my soul. Look at verse 7. He says, little children... 
Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. John says, don't be deceived about this. A righteous person, that is a person who is right with God, will practice righteousness. They will not practice lawlessness. Again, we're not talking about the occasional sin. We're not talking about the temptation or the struggle that we all have as believers. But a person who is right with God will practice righteousness. They will not practice lawlessness. In Philippians, it tells us that the fruit of our salvation is a righteous character produced in our life by Jesus Christ. The fruit of our salvation is righteousness that Jesus Christ produces in us. Not a self-righteousness. It's a righteousness that comes through a relationship with Him and abiding in Him and continuing with Him and walking with Him and submitting to His authority. And Jesus Christ produces a righteousness. He, he takes us from lawlessness to a life submitted to Him to righteousness. And that's, that's true in every believer's life. Now remember Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And he said, you will know people by their fruit, whether they are truly born of God because their life will exhibit righteousness or they're not and their life will exhibit lawlessness. Look at verse 8. Now he says, he who practices righteousness is righteous. Now in contrast, he who sins, and again, it's continual sin. It's a lifestyle of sin. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. This is such an interesting verse here to me. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. You know, the Bible teaches that there is a real devil, that there are real demons, that there is a spiritual realm, that there is spiritual warfare that takes place in our lives. It teaches that there's a literal hell. And the, the devil is described by many different names in the Bible. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he's described as our enemy. He's described as a lion seeking to destroy us. Jesus called him a, a liar in John chapter 8. And the father of all lies, meaning all lies originate with the devil. Now think about that for a moment. That when we lie, that lie didn't originate with us. That's the influence of the devil on our lives, because he's the father of lies. He's described as the ruler of this world. He's described as the ruler of the course of this world. He sets the course of this world, of the culture. And John tells us here, and I don't want you to miss this, he tells us, that people who are just kind of settled in a life of sin, they are not children of God, even though they may profess to be Christian or followers of Christ, if they are settled in a, just a lifestyle of sin, they're not children of God. They are, in fact, children of the devil. And he tells us that the devil has made a practice of sin from the beginning. Throughout the volume of the Bible, you see, as you go through, you see Satan rebelling against God's authority. 
And so those who, who practice sin and rebel against God's authority, or rebel against God's word, they show that they are children of the devil. In other words, you're acting just like your father. <laughs> you're a chip off the old block. He rebelled against God's word. He rebelled against God's authority. And when we do that, we show that we are a child of the devil. But verse 8 also tells us, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So back in verse 5, John gave us one reason why Jesus came. He was manifested to take away our sins. Now John gives us a second reason, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus not only paid our penalty for our sins on the cross, but he also broke the power of sin over our lives, so that our lives do not have to be dominated by our sin any longer. You know, like I said earlier, we're no longer slaves to sin You know, in in Colossians chapter 2, it says that Jesus has disarmed principalities and powers through his death on the cross. So we're no longer dominated by sin. We're no longer, we don't have to be children of the devil anymore. We're free from that. And I want to show you just a a really uh, extreme example of this, probably more extreme than anybody here, uh, but it's a great example. So turn with me to Mark chapter 5. And this is probably a familiar story to most of us show you an example here of what Jesus does in a person's life. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, it says, Then they, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, they came to the other side of the sea. So they cross over the, the Sea of Galilee to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately, so there to meet him on the shore, on the beach, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. This guy is demon-possessed. He, he, is, he is a child of the devil. And he had his dwelling among the tombs. He lived in the caves where they buried people. And look what it says. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. He was lawless. This guy was lawless. He came under no one's authority. No one could tame him. And always night and day, verse 5, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, screaming is the idea, and cutting himself with stones so he's all bloody. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshipped him. He fell down at his feet and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. But it's a demon speaking, so it wasn't as nicely said, I'm sure. You know, you've seen the movies, you know, what do I have to do with you, you know? And his disciples at this point are thinking, I'm going to go sit in the boat, you know? I'll, I'll keep the motor running, you know? And he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And it's interesting here in, the, in the, the tense, what is your name is singular. He's speaking to the man. He's not speaking to the demons right here, but the demons answer for him. And again, you see there just the tenderness of Jesus. Here's a guy who's demon-possessed. His life is a wreck because he's lawless. And the tenderness of Jesus says to the man, what's your name? Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. 
I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The demons answer, My name is Legion, for we are many. A Roman legion was 6,000 troops. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of that country. The demons didn't want to leave that area. They liked it there. They were at home there. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged Jesus, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. That's where we got deviled ham from that. That's where that comes from. And there were about 2,000 of them. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. They did a swine dive. Get it? We're going to Israel tomorrow. I got a thousand of these for the trip, right? I want the people to really get their money's worth on that trip. That's really the only two I have, I think. So, verse 14 So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus, and look what it says, verse 15. This is what I want to get to. Verse 15. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion of demons, look what it says, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. That's what Jesus does in a person's life. He, He takes a person who was a lawless maniac, and when they encounter Jesus Christ, Jesus changes them and transforms them where now this guy is sitting on the ground. He's submitted for the first time in who knows how long. They couldn't get this guy to submit with handcuffs. Now he's just voluntarily seated on the ground, submitted to Jesus Christ. He's clothed and he's in his right mind. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. That's right. You can applaud that. Jesus brings order He brings stability, he brings purpose, he brings humility into a person's life. This guy's life was radically changed just by seeing and knowing Jesus Christ. He's no longer lawless. I I got a phone call yesterday from an old friend of mine I haven't talked to in a couple years. And this guy, it just was such a blessing to talk to him again. We picked up like we'd just talked the day before or something. And uh, this guy truly was a maniac uh, before he knew Christ. He was, uh, he was a Vietnam vet, and that really messed him up, uh, the things he experienced there. But then he became a drug addict after Vietnam. He was a heroin addict and a thrill seeker at the same time. And he, he and his friends, not to boast in their sin, but just to give you the idea of what kind of guy this was, he and his friends would get loaded on drugs, and they would go up in a plane and they would skydive out of a plane, and they would see who could get the closest to the ground before they opened their parachute. It's several friends died doing that. Was just that was normal for this guy. You know? And then Jesus Christ came into his life, and he was addicted to heroin. He had he, his whole years of his life he doesn't remember, 
And you know what it was? He had a child. He and his wife had a child together, a little girl, and it was Easter morning. And they were, remember they used to show the Jesus movie on Easter morning, the old Jesus movie? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. And his little girl was watching that movie and, and during the crucifixion scene, turned to him and said, why are they killing that man? He didn't do anything wrong. And he's, he's high. He's sitting on his couch. And I remember him telling me, he said, I got up and I went in the bedroom and I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, I, I'll follow you, but you got to deliver me of this heroin. And he said, in that moment, the Lord delivered him. And he got up and he walked out into the living room of his house and he said, from this day forward, we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, you know, that's 40 years ago, 30 years ago, that the Lord did that in his life. And his life has been transformed where he was this lawless maniac where now the Lord has made him uh, holy and righteous, submitted, clothed, and in his right mind. You know, and what Jesus did in this demon-possessed man's life physically, he does in our lives spiritually. You know, look what it says in verse 15. Then they came to Jesus, they saw the one who had been demon-possessed, that had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. People were afraid. Because this guy who they knew to be so lawless that terrified them, now he's seated and he's normal and he's in his right mind, and they're afraid of that. They're afraid of Jesus and the power that he has to change this guy's life. And I know some of you have encountered that with your own family, your own friends that don't know the Lord, that when you came to Christ... It, it freaked people out in your family, this change that took place in your life. People were afraid of that in your family. They were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And look at verse 17. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. They asked Jesus to leave. And the sobering thing here, Jesus got in the boat and left. They didn't want him there. And he, did, he didn't beg with them. He didn't try to convince them. They leave. And he said, okay. And he got in the boat and he left. Now, now look at this demon-possessed man. He's been in his right mind all of five minutes. And look what he says, verse 18. The demon-possessed man begged Jesus that he might be with him. I just want to be with you. You put me in my right mind. You saved my life. You changed me. You got, you got a handle on my life when I couldn't get a handle on my own life. And I just want to be with you. Isn't that our story? Verse 19, However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all of them marveled. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does in a person's life. He takes that person who was once lawless and he brings law and order into their life and he changes them. He changes them. Now, go back to 1 John chapter 3. See, verse 8 says, The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil in your life. Verse 9, the final verse, Whoever has been born of God does not continue in sin. For his seed, God's seed, the seed of salvation, remains in him. He's a child of God. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. 
We've been born of God through faith in Jesus Christ. What Jesus called being born again. And the Bible tells us that when we're born again, the old things pass away. Everything is made new. Our old nature, you know, that instinctively rebelled against authority and against God and against His Word, it's gone. And we now have a new nature in Christ that does not live a lifestyle of sin. That's what he's saying here. A person who is born of God does not continue living a life of sin because he's born of God. He says he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And I like that it says that. He cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, how many of you, just a show of hands, how many of you became a Christian later in your life? Teenage years, 20s, 30s, a lot of you. You probably remember when you could sin pretty freely, right? Before you were a Christian, you could sin freely and you did it with no trouble. You did it with enjoyment and satisfaction. You, you know, called your friends to make plans to go out sinning on Friday night and you spent a lot of money on sinning and it was, you enjoyed it and loved it and joked about it and you posted pictures of Facebook of you and your friends sinning together and and for the older of you, the older people here, you, you took photographs, took them to the, you know, <laughs> drugstore, came back in three days, got the pictures, and then showed those pictures to your friends of you. But you love sinning. You planned for it. Now that you're a Christian, you ever try to sin on purpose? You ever try to plan it? You can't do it. I mean, you can do it, but you're miserable. The joy's not there. The happiness... The fun factor's gone. You feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you feel regret, and you feel shame. It's not, you know, before it was, you know, you were boasting in it. Never going to believe what we did. Now there's shame. You don't want anybody to know. You don't want anybody to find out. You can't enjoy your sin anymore. Why is that? Well, he tells us here in verse 9, because now we're born of God. Now we're children of God. When we were children of the devil, yeah. We could do it. But now that we're children of God, we can't do it anymore. It's just not the same. We can't sin like we used to do. The fact that our relationship to our sin has changed, it proves that we're children of God. Isn't that great? In a way, you know, that, man, I can't sin like I used to do. There's this conviction. There's this misery and discomfort. That means you're a child of God. A child of God can't sin like he used to sin. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith to set aside personal agendas and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. 
We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize